You are listening to the Nomad Queen podcast. I am your host, Jamelia Greer, a serial expat, mom of four, attorney, entrepreneur that has been out in Asia for way too long. On this show, I have conversations with amazing women that are doing the damn thing abroad. We talk about careers, entrepreneurship, leadership, and even motherhood. And how do you balance all of that when you're living in a foreign country? I ask my guests questions about how they balance it all and how they manage to get to where they are today. So sit back, relax, and get ready to hear some interesting advice from some nomad queens. So today I have Heather Smith with me, who is camped out in Cambodia. Heather, tell us what you're doing there and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I do live in Cambodia. I live in the capital of Cambodia, Phnom Penh, and I am a grade two teacher. I've been here since 2017. Things are just really great for me. So since 2017, you've been there for a minute then. Yeah, And living here in Cambodia during COVID was actually a blessing because they shut down really fast when things started spreading and everything. They stopped a lot of the travel, closed borders, and that kind of helped to keep our numbers down relatively. So life for us inside of Cambodia was uh, mostly normal. Like we were still having events and concerts and clubs and everything was still open. And when everybody else was shut down because they shut down the country so fast. So I was actually happy. Yeah, lucky for you. I was in Shanghai at the time and we left when we got news about COVID and I was so surprised that China and the U.S. seemed to keep the borders open quite long, like cases were going up and they still had the borders open. Yeah, that was really weird. And then on the outside looking in, it was like really strange. And of course, because I'm the American here, a lot of the Cambodians and other expats that are here are like, what's going on with your country? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm here with you. How am I supposed to know with you? (laughs) I don't have the answers, but yeah, so it was really, it was actually very comforting to know that they they took it very serious, very fast because of the fact that Cambodia is still developing. They wanted to make sure that um, things didn't spiral out of control because there is healthcare here, but of course it's not to Western standard. You lucked out on that one. And it's so funny to hear you talk about Cambodia because I've been in in Asia for a while and I've never been to Cambodia. And I had a trip planned. The closest I was going to get was to to Vietnam. But I wanted to go to Cambodia. Compared to the rest of Asia, how would you say Cambodia is? Cambodia, one of the biggest things is that Khmer people, that's what they're called. Cambodians are Khmer. They are the friendliest people that you will probably ever meet in your life. They're so accommodating, very welcoming. They try to make you as comfortable as you can. Really nice. Of course, everywhere that you go, there's going to be a racism, but it's not really overt here. Like you'll ever so often maybe have someone look at you crazy, but for the most part, if you have someone staring, they have a big old smile on their face. Oh, They're like... Like, they're amazing. So that kind of makes Cambodia stand out for me because um, even the other countries that I've been in, I've been to Thailand, uh, Singapore, Malaysia, China, and you get those weird stares where they're kind of looking. But here, it's more of a welcome curiosity. They want to know. They want to be your friend. And um, 
it's really cool. I think that's what makes Cambodia so comfortable. That's really refreshing. And you better be careful with that secret because you're going to have a lot of black expats going to try to get into I Cambodia. Here, I am here for it. <laughs> People will be blowing up your spot, flying in right. and trying to hit you up. I'm here. Open the floodgates. Let them come in. <laughs> I, I can say in Singapore, the climate has definitely changed since the start of COVID. It is, there's a lot of debate about local versus foreign with respect to jobs and with respect to economic opportunities here. And also in China as well, there's also this upcoming trend and tide of nationalism and it's just more difficult in the rest of Asia. So like I said, you don't want people coming into Cambodia and trying to, but it's great that it's different. And here, one thing that I can definitely say, the having an American passport, like being black and being here, like it's not so bad, but being black and American, like the um, American weighs much heavier than outward appearance. Yeah, 100%. And um, the one thing which I, I can't say that it's fair, but this is their government. They, we, as far as jobs and different things, we do get preferential treatment and pay and everything, especially if you come in, if you're like a native speaker, you're someone that's coming from the West or whatever because they um, want, especially in education, business also, they want to have that accent. They want to have that experience and different things. So it, um, it for the Black Americans here, it really helps us a lot to be able to um, function as far as for work and starting businesses and everything here. And it's actually the boon for us. Maybe being American wasn't as profitable in America, mm-hmm. but then once the passport, it, it helps a lot. You can tell in the air that there's a small bit of resentment towards yeah. um, preferential treatment that we get, but for the most part, they don't blame us for it as much. They do recognize that it's a government thing. And like I said, because the people are so nice. Exactly. And I, w- yeah. I want to touch a little bit on, firstly, your TikTok account. Because it is blowing up. It is blowing up. And I was looking at the videos. I'm like, what? She's like, it's literally blown up. How did that start? And how did you get into it? Did you do it on purpose? Or was it like, like overnight sensation type thing? It was the overnight thing. Like I was just joking around playing on there with um, my friends. Cause I have another friend that's here from Kenya and she started at the same time. And we both just all of a sudden took off on TikTok. And we just started, we were you know, locked down in the house. And so we just started making TikToks and now my friend, she's fluent. I'm not fluent, but I know how to do their dances and just joke around and just stuff like that. So to see people participating in their culture, they like, that was like so cool. Oh my God. Like this black girl knows how to do our dances. <laughs> yeah, that's why all of a sudden it took off. And like within my first week or so, I think I got up to 2,000 followers. And then from there, it's just growing it. I'm right on the verge of 300 right now. I'm going to help get you there. So those of you that are listening, check out Heather's TikTok account. It is Heat Seeking Travel. Is that right? That's correct. That's right. You guys got to check it out. And to hear you talk about Cambodia, it sounds like how China was 20 years. I felt like a celebrity. I felt like people really wanted to be around me and know me. And it was exactly as you describe it. The American status or the American side was weighed heavily upon. But that has changed in the other parts of Asia. So it's just so refreshing to know that Cambodia is like that. And I definitely 
would like to visit one day? I think you would absolutely love it if you came here. Um, like, especially if you get to go to Anchor Watt, Sam Reap. Sam Reap is um, where Anchor Watt and everything is. That's their historical site. And everyone there is so nice. They're, they're nicer than they are in Phnom Penh. Like, I live in the city. Phnom Penh is the big city. Very metropolitan, very fast. They have tried really hard to preserve the culture of it. And so you can definitely tell that they're, like, they're friendly here. But, oh, my God. <laughs> Cambodia was my first stop outside of the state. Wow, your um, first stop. I I just took a jump. I was tired of living in the U.S., especially like with the racial climate. And it was like so much going on. I was like really stressed, had a lot of anxiety. I just really wanted to get out and get away. I was into activism and everything. Well, I still am doing activism and everything. But it was just, it was a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. And I just felt that way. And so I made the decision that I was thought I was going to go to China. I was signed up to go to Chengdu. Lucky you didn't. And I got lucky. <laughs> oh, girl. Lucky but, you didn't. Right. And since this, somebody was watching out because I ended up getting an offer to come to Cambodia like immediately. I did an interview with the headmaster of a school and he was like, oh gosh, can you come now? And I'm like, okay. And <laughs> so it was a, a great reprieve to come from where I felt all of this pressure about being back and, um, like struggling with work and everything. It was so much to coming where I was welcome. So a lot of people that are listening and Nomad Queen is all about helping women pursue international living and international business. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the listeners are from states and cities where you're talking about Cambodia and they're like, Where is that? They just don't have access to the type of information about life abroad and how to do it and how to get started. What would you say to encourage somebody who's listening, who is, I want to do what she did. She looks happy. She damn near, she sounds happy. I want that for myself. The biggest advice that I could really give to anyone is just to really, first of all, be honest with yourself. And are you really going to be willing to make the sacrifice to completely uproot yourself from what it is? Because once you leave the States, it's nothing. I haven't been anywhere else that's like the States. Nowhere else that I've traveled has been anything like the U.S. So you're going to have to be willing to, are you really willing and ready to shed that? If it's something where you just really want to jump out of that, or are you going to be, are you so westernized maybe that you might have to, if so, that's fine because there are other Western countries that you can go to that will be a lot more familiar. But if you want to do something like what I did, <laughs> it's going to really take a lot of bravery, a lot of courage to um, just have to trust yourself and take that risk. So sometimes um, risks don't pay off. Sometimes they do break. For me, this one really did because I didn't know much about Cambodia at all. Um, what I knew about Cambodia was very limited because it's sandwiched between two countries that are talked about so much, Vietnam and Thailand. Yeah. Everyone goes to Vietnam, everyone goes to Thailand, but no one pays attention to Cambodia and Laos. Yep. You know, yeah, everyone hops over there. So I didn't know anything about Cambodia except for the fact that I knew Cambodians in California because there are a lot of Cambodians in California. So I'm like, okay, they're nice. All right. And if there's anyone that just really feel like you're ready for a change, 
research, research, research. Do so much research. I started, even when I thought I was going to China, I reached out to people. I joined WeChat groups. I was all over the internet, on YouTube, connecting with people, asking questions, trying to get things set up to make sure that at least that maybe I had some kind of sense of community and idea of how to orient myself when I get there. Nothing's going to fully prepare you for when you hit the ground, yes. but you can at least have some sort of idea of like how much money it is that you're going to need, how much it is that apartments cost, what do the apartments look like? What is it that's included? You're going to have to just do a lot of looking into it. Looking into it. Weather helped me decide with um, Cambodia because it's never cold here. So you like that? You like the heat? Absolutely. I hate snow. I grew up in Chicago. I grew up oh. in snow and vowed as a young child that I would not spend the rest of my life that way. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, okay. I just really did. When I got offered the job, I started just like really heavily started looking into Cambodia and like kind of weighing what my options were and just decided to make that jump and it just paid off for me. So if there is anyone that, you know, you're feeling like that, like you're just you're tired of your current situation, you want to move forward with something, you just start taking those baby steps going yes. towards it until you finally feel comfortable enough to take that final jump. You just try to prepare yourself so it's not which it was shock. Yeah. Cause some people can be shocked from it. And I know for me, when I um, first left, I left as a single mom, I had my two sons with me and they were young at the time. And we went to Shanghai. And when we got in Shanghai, the biggest shock for me was, oh my gosh, I'm single here in this foreign land. <laughs> and now I've got these cultural issues. I got to, you know, worry about the kids, but I also have my needs as a woman and someone that wanted companionship and dating abroad was tough. Dating abroad was not like no, no joke. <laughs> I don't know how it is there in Cambodia, but I know for in Shanghai, particularly as a black woman, it was quite tough. A situation where you just are with the expat popu population, you're with the other foreigners. I actually, I met my um, fiance here. There is a black community here. I am fat, black, happy here, and I'm not trying to change anything about it. So I just resigned to myself, okay, I'm probably going to be single. But then when I got here, I actually did find that there was a black community, primarily Nigerian. But I grew up around so many Nigerians my entire life. I've dated Nigerian guys. So I was like, he welcomed me into the community. And I, that's where I met my now fiance. And I love it. Been, let's see, I got here in October. We started dating in November. And we've been together since October 2017. I arrived. That was planned for you. That was planned for you. I, I swear it had to be. <laughs> That's such a, that honestly, like that is such a heartwarming story because a lot of times we're sitting in our discomfort or in whatever challenge we're in and we won't make the first step to move, to move, to go towards that thing. And if you just do it, if you just do it, there's something there waiting for you. And that was planned for you. That is so beautiful. It was so great. And I do feel very fortunate. I'm very lucky. He's a great guy. 
I'm a free spirit. Let's just put it that way. And I was actually surprised that he was just like, oh, okay. Like, you signed up for this. I will acknowledge, though, that I do have a lot of other friends here that are single Black women, and it's not necessarily debating because even sometimes our men, now they're abroad, they have all of the others that are approaching them and, you know, like looking at them like they're godlike. So they're like a Snickers bar. Just say it, Snickers. Okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah. And so they, so sometimes some of us can feel a little bit left to the side, but those guys, they're not worth our time anyway. Yeah. It sucks because of course we do want companionship. We know no one wants to be completely alone. But it's definitely possible. So I do understand that it can be tough for people for dating abroad. And I would consider if that's something that you're like really um, concerned about, that's all the more research that you are connecting with behind the scenes. Especially if you're someone like me. Like I, I have dated outside, but I prefer my own. Yeah. So I do stay within my race, my culture, just to have that. That familiarity of understanding each other from our own. Hey, there's a whole selection of people you can okay. date. <laughs> if right. not, if not. And you're I you can find someone just to date that entertain you. Exactly. And I, I just met you, literally, we just met, but your personality and your vibe is so confident and beautiful and self-loving that I think a lot of that also is like, is the energy that is bringing that goodness to you. And so I guess just for our listeners, if you got some internal work to do, don't think you're going to move to Cambodia. And find <laughs> you got to do your internal work first because it don't happen like that. Yeah. And I did have to do a lot of internal work for myself. Even as I was coming here, I was in a dark place when I moved to Cambodia. I was desperate to leave. I was in a terrible relationship. I was in, I had two part-time jobs in New Jersey where I still wasn't really making enough money, where I was living terrible. Everything was just like really bad. I was in a really dark space and I knew that I just needed to break free. And that was my way to break free. And once I got that like monkey off my back of just being away from what I felt was oppressing me to start working on myself a lot more. I've always been a very happy, jovial person in general, but I did feel my light dimming for a, a long time. And I had to break out of that. I had to you know, shatter that shell or whatever it was that would make my light for being able to get out and being able to free myself from oh, just the rigmarole, that hamster wheel in the United States. Speaking of the U.S., since we are both from the U.S., I'm from Connecticut. Okay, a little bit different than Chicago, a little bit, little (laughs) small farm town. But there's been a wave of people just quitting their jobs and just resigning. And I've seen on the news, they call it the great resignation. It seems as though a lot of those people are either looking to do something on their own or maybe move abroad. But it does seem as though there's still this hesitancy to move abroad. Like they're still like, I'm gonna, I can quit my job and do something online, but uh, move abroad. It's what? What do you think that issue is? It seems to me people just don't know what's happening outside of the U.S. Like they haven't seen it and they just don't know. There definitely is a lot of crowding of information in the state. The U.S. has a 
really good habit of criticizing other countries, like their nationalism. Oh my gosh, this is horrible. Look at what it is they're doing. But you have to consider the indoctrination where we had to, every day, say the Pledge of Allegiance, and we had to sing songs to the states, and we had to, and we're being taught that there's no place to safer and no place that's better than the USA. And then you have also the added aspect of that there are a lot of us don't even have passports. Yeah. Never left the state. There are a lot of us that have hardly left our home and then going in. You have family and things that are familiar there. The unknown is always scary for people. And I understand it. I totally get it. But that's why those of us who have had the courage to leave have to inform the people that are still back home because there are a lot of have no idea that like we can actually go abroad and we can live well. We don't have to like necessarily just like a lot of the ex-migrants people automatically move to the UK or France and places going to be similar. And we can actually go to places where we can make a path for ourselves. The way that we've been programmed to think, we think that this is the one way. This is how it is. We're Americans. We've also been sold the same American dream that other people in other countries have been, where they're fighting to get, we think that we need to stay here because everyone else is coming to get this too. And we're constantly being pushed these images and not the reality. Yes. The fact that America isn't the best country. America's the best country to America. That... There are other places where you can live and you can thrive. And depending on your personality, the person you are, there are, there are hundreds of countries go to so many different places and you can choose and you can find a place that you don't have to just be stuck in one place. You don't have to live in here. We have airplanes and flights aren't really that expensive anymore now because of COVID. Like it's possible for us to move around and go and do things. It's fine. I think that once we get more information out, I have not seen the uptick in um recently in the like even it's in the last two years since COVID and everything of people who are just like really starting to be more curious about leaving and it's great because I feel like it's starting to break down some of the nationalism that we have that I feel like as Black Americans really shouldn't have as much. So I'm really happy to see it and anything that I could do to help to bring me apart in our exodus. Whoever wants to stay for whatever reason, that's fine. If you're uncomfortable, Right. Come on. If you're uncomfortable, come on down, as they say. Is that commercial? Come on down. All right. (laughs) Because the funny thing about the U.S., and I I experienced this, I went back for a short 10 months. This is my my story. I went back. I had a, uh, I was on an expat contract here in Singapore and it ended in, I think it was 2017. And they said, do you want to come back to the States? And I said, sure, it'd be great. I'm from Connecticut might as well go back to Connecticut. And this is after living out in Asia for several years. I thought it would be great. It was very tough to adjust. And even though I was making really good money, I still felt like the money was funny. In the U.S., for some reason, the money gets funny. And I, I mathematically, I do not understand it. I don't know where the money goes. The cost of food is less than in Singapore. But it's just a phenomenon to me. I, I don't know. It's people coming, oh, this bill was, oh, we had to tack on three months because that's our, po-. all of these outrageous things. 
And if people knew that they could be financially better off, I I think that's another unknown too, is because people think, oh, I don't have the money for it. They think they're going to be as poor outside of the U.S. as they are within the U.S., Right. And that's definitely not a dollar goes so much further outside of the States than it does like anywhere else here. Um, like living in Phnom Penh, like I said, it's very much a politics. I'm not missing out on anything that um, I had in the States. I still have all kinds of restaurants from fast food restaurants. We have Burger King, and all of that type of stuff. So we have that up to like five star restaurants. And none of it compares to the prices that you pay in state. I can live a really good, the lifestyle that I live now, there's no way in the States that I, I would have had to work a lot harder. My money goes so much further. I can, I can see, even in Singapore, Singapore is expensive. It is. Singapore is expensive. But Singapore is mad expensive. But I can see the value in it more than you can see it in the state. Like, it's okay. I get it. In Singapore, when I'm paying the extra money, when they're paying for taxes on things, whatever, it's oh, okay, I get it. Because you can look around. Yes. <laughs> cameras everywhere. I, I can walk away from my purse and I don't have to really worry about it or whatever, things like that. It's like I can see my money in action. In the States, I never felt that. When, where is all these taxes going to? Because I'm not getting anything. Somebody's stealing the money. I, I don't know. There, there got to be an investigation on this or something, but that's really like inflammatory to say. But I know when I, when, when I was in, yeah, canceled, third episode, canceled. No, when I, was in, when I was in the U.S. and I was in Connecticut and in East Hampton, Connecticut, tax rate, property tax rate was very high. When it snowed, the potholes in the road and the amount of time it took those people to get trucks out on the road is just ridiculous for the amount of money that you pay. And here, as you said, you can actually see where your tax dollar is going. Oh, there's palm trees. Oh, there's there are people picking up the trash. Oh, this place doesn't. All of those things, you can see it. Right. Here, it's, it's hilarious because um, there, I, it's really cool getting to see, just in the four years that I've been here, I've gotten to see um, and develop a lot. Lot, like it's changed a lot and where it is that I stay is mostly expat area um very close to the you know like city center and everything if there are holes in the street it's not going to be for long they will pave the entire road okay and it doesn't take long because they get out there (laughs) they get out there and do it do it they get it done and it's wow that's that's new like (laughs) they're doing things and they're actually being fast about it because, oh my God, in Chicago, we have the, you call them expressways, they're freeways. You have the expressways, one's I-57, and then what is it, or something like that. So the road's horrible. Like the whole time that you ride, you just like this. Bumping, and bumping up and down. Okay, why in a, a rich country should the roads be like that at any place, especially in like major cities and things like that? It doesn't make it for these types of things to be happening. Um, as much as it is that we pay in federal taxes, everyone pays in federal taxes, but yes. it's supposed to go for the entire country. Plants still don't have clean water. You 
you saying, say less, says they say less. <laughs> Cause that's exactly right. And I think what Americans also need to realize is that when you do come out of the States and you go to other countries and you see what they're doing, you have to, you have to just acknowledge it. It's truth. It's fact. The roads are jacked up in the States. Most of the highways are jacked up. It's, you know, and technology, the use of technology, just forget about it. You have China that's not even carrying around wallets anymore. They're just using WeChat and Ali, using digital currency and things like that. And Singapore too. Everything is QR codes and the States is getting there, but I don't think it's as, as widely accepted in the States as it is in other places. America, the majority population, and you know exactly what I mean by that, they are very averse to change. Anything that's going to take away from the status quo for them is like a threat in their life. And that's not how we progress. That's not how humanity progresses. That's not, that's not how society progresses. Because like you said, same thing here in Cambodia. They're really having a move towards where just about everyone, we all have this one bank that we use, not all of us, but the majority of places use, and everything is QR codes and cash just this. They want to make sure they're not passing money. They're trying to get there and hope. new technology comes up, they're trying to press people to learn so that they can come. And it seems like the U.S. is just behind on that. They're just stagnant. Oh, we don't want to change. It's so weird because for, that, for this to be like the most powerful country in the world, you should be ahead. Us being Americans, we shouldn't be traveling to other places, knowing the money that we pay into that country, yep. and knowing all the time for the country, and then coming outside and being like, wow, why don't we have this? Singapore is new. Yes. Singapore is a very young country. Singapore they, is, they, don't sleep on it. Okay. Singapore is a very young country. When I was there, one of the they were friendly there, I was super friendly that I met there. And they were like telling us about the history. It was like the older gentleman and he was telling us about how it was like all jungle and everything. And I'm just like, wow, in my hundred year old country. It has a long way to go. A long way to go. (laughs) And I think part of the reasons why the U.S. got hit so hard with COVID is because when it first started emerging from China and everywhere, and they're like, oh, that's a pandemic or something that's uh, impacting China, it's not going to impact us. I think that was the mindset of like, oh, that's there. That's Asia. It's not going to get to us. We're invincible. Um, Oh, the science about masks. I don't believe it. Masks don't work. Right. There there was a whole debate about whether you should wear a mask or not. And they're still talking about masks. Yeah, that's wild. I get questioned about that quite often here, where they're just like, what's up with you? I'm like, what's going on with the people in your country? Why they don't want to wear masks? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm here with you. Like, I, I have my mask. I'm not going to fight with anybody about wearing it. I don't want to get sick. Yeah. I think it would be pretty common sense to say, hey, in case you might get sick, this will help you to maybe not get sick. This will maybe help just a little bit. I'm going to put on a mask. But like I said, I... America always fights back against stuff. I actually read something where they were um, talking about how every time there's a health mandate, Americans push back against whatever it is. Like even remember um, seatbelts and different things like that where they don't want to deal with it. it. It's just weird. The culture is very strange. Now that I'm outside of it and I can look at it objectively, 
it's just, it's a very strange culture that like there's a priority in almost anything. Like nothing can happen to America. America's just so invincible. It's very strange, very yeah. strange attitude. And to be able to see it from the outside in now, it makes it all the more evident. When you're inside, as you can see it, but now that I'm like, removed from the states oh my god like you guys are really bugged you're doing like way too much right now yeah yeah that's why i always have this conflicting feeling when i go to an airport and i take out my passport and it's american passport mm-hmm. and there's this feeling of on one hand this is a strong passport meaning that you don't need visas to enter certain countries and things like that. And as you mentioned at the beginning, you afforded this kind of premium status or whatever for jobs in some countries. But on the other hand, I think about the price that was paid for that passport. And it's almost it's like I'm holding blood money. Like it's real that there is this internal sort of identity conflict between holding this American passport versus this reality of the experience that you're living on a day-to-day basis in the skin that you're in and particularly living it abroad. So I think, you know, I think that's also something that people need to kind of embrace is that if you do come out of the U S be prepared to experience this kind of matrix (laughs) phenomenon when you take the pill and you're like, Ooh, wait a minute. Did I want to know that? Yeah, I understand that, too. And I actually, I just recently got over that kind of where America is concerned. I really, like, very recently within this year. Because a lot of the weird stuff that goes on in America, a lot of the oppressive things that they've done, all of that, it's not us. We have always lived, we've always had a duality. W.E. Du Bois, he spoke about that, too, about how... Um, living in America, Black people, like, we have to have those two faces where we're American, but we're we're Black. We have to navigate those two paths. Right. And our path of Blackness is, that's our main road. When we're, like, just patriotic American, we're trying to assimilate. And what helped me to get away from that is that our, as far as for us in the passport, if anyone else (laughs) deserves a passport from that country, it's us. That's right. Because our passport was paid for in literal blood. Or that, that made me where I I brandish it with pride. Not in the same kind of patriotism. It's more of a, like that quote, I'm my ancestors' wildest dream. Yes. I get the things that they paid for. They paved the way for me to be now where I'm taking trips. I'm going from Cambodia to Singapore to Malaysia to going to these places. And I'm able to do and see all of these things that they fought so hard for. So that helped me to remove myself from that when I start to remove myself also away from the random steel of America. We are displaced people and we were there and now we have some benefits to come from it finally. Like we finally. don't really get experience much of it while we're in the States. But that little book can, that holds a, a lot of power and that's something that we are able to take advantage of so that we can get the hell out of there and go somewhere where we can be appreciated. So that kind of helped me with about the um, American passport or feeling away about being American. And also I like to give my passport to 
because I will say this, like most Cambodian people, like the regular just residents, locals, they're fine. But like people who work in like governmental positions, they do abuse black Africans here. So mm. like they want them for money and things. Cause they do the same thing in Thailand and Vietnam also. But like in airports and things, they um, will try to extort them for extra money from visas and different things like that. So in a lot of these um, airports, they see a black person coming, they automatically, they, they usually assume I'm Nigerian. So they come up and they're like, you got visa? And I'm like, yes. And they want to see it because otherwise they'll take you to the back room and then that's where they extort money from you. And so I hit them with that blue passport and they get mad. <laughs> and I laugh every time. So <laughs> I like ruining their day just a little bit. Ruin the day of a racist today. <laughs> wow. That is real shady. That is real shady. Yeah, but they, like you said. Singapore too. They got me. Yeah. People sleep on. Okay. So Singapore, Singapore is mm-hmm. undergoing a transformation. I think it's really trying mm-hmm. to understand how diverse it wants to be and in what way. And mm-hmm. I'm just here in it while it's happening, to be honest with you. Some days you don't really have many incidents or things like that. But every now and then something happens and you're like, hmm, was that was that because I'm black? Was that was that because I'm a foreigner or because I'm black? And then at the, you just oh, it doesn't matter. It's because that person has issues. But it is a mixed bag all across Asia. I, I think your stories are amazing and you are amazing. Because what you're doing there and what you're showing everybody through your messages of happiness and being fun and loving yourself is something that the world needs to see. But they also need to see it from a black woman who is in Cambodia, because that's a strong message. And for all of you that are listening, please check out Heather's TikTok account, The Heat Seeking Travel. And also, is there any other place that they can find you, Heather? You can also find me on Facebook at Heat Seeking Travel. And um, I also have a page. It's called A Taste of Africa, where I put on cultural events in Cambodia to kind of help to expose them to Black African, Black and African cultures to help to bridge that gap because they don't really have a lot of exposure or experience. A lot of the African communities, they're very insular. And so that kind of helps to fuel that confusion between the African and Asian communities. So I do use my position as someone that's like in the middle for them, help to facilitate that. And I put on large events so that they can all come together and all experience each other and have fun. I'm coming to Cambodia. I, I am coming to Cambodia and we are going to do some TikToks together. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> you have a ball here. When these restrict, I, I am, I really am. I'm very intrigued by what you've said about it. And it sounds like a wonderful place at the very least to visit, if not live there. Yeah, I think you would love it. I'll make sure you have a great time. Awesome. Awesome. Heather, thank you so much for being on the Nomad Queen podcast. And I look forward to seeing more of your travels. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that wonderful conversation with Heather. We are going to have more amazing women on this podcast sharing their stories about their lives abroad, how they balance leadership, entrepreneurship, and sometimes even motherhood 
If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube, Nomad Queen in Asia, and I'm on Instagram as well as Nomad Queen in Asia, so you can be kept abreast of all the cool stuff that we're up to. And while you're checking out Nomad Queen in Asia on all these social media platforms, be sure to engage, leave a comment, like, subscribe. I want to hear from you. Until next week's episode, stay tuned and stay queening.